0: I know I got it in me.
1: And what will you hope to accomplish?
0: When I walk down the street, people look at me and say, there goes Roy Hobbs. The best there ever was.
1: Is that all? (laughs) well, what else is there?
2: Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? We're three old friends learning as much as we can about movies and TV, and hopefully teaching others in the process. I'm Marcy. Here's I'm Robin. And Adam. <laughs> hey, hey, that was weirdly awkward for me. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> happy July, guys. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> robin actually likes to refer to this month as the saturday of summer it is the saturday
0: of summer yes june being friday (laughs) yeah okay august being sunday (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah, exactly yuck
2: because of course summer means a lot of things swimming campfires lightning bugs and for some of us baseball sure baseball begins in the spring but by summer it's in full swing so today (laughs) so today we're going to celebrate america's pastime by covering one of the most successful classic baseball films the natural before we launch into the movie however let's talk a little bit about baseball and how it's represented in pop culture in recent years it's safe to say that baseball is America's pastime in name alone, but not the financial juggernaut it used to be. Many people find baseball tedious and boring, as it lacks the physical action of contact sports. It also isn't ruled by time, meaning that games can last much longer than crowds expect them to.
3: Um what a bunch of dummies (laughs) because it's a freaking awesome sport sure it's a little bit mellow but like that's the jam
0: in movies and people go to baseball games they're constantly getting up and getting drinks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. getting peanuts and stuff because they're not glued to what's going on you know they can kind of do things and and watching it on tv is very different because Mm -hmm. you don't have all these different distractions there's no
3: atmosphere
2: yeah, yeah
0: so you're just kind of watching yeah but the play and it it, it can yeah. be pretty tedious especially on tv
2: honestly me personally i feel like it's that way for all sports <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like watching it on tv is way different than seeing it in person well,
0: yeah they're all different yeah, yeah
3: I, I agree with you that it's completely different to see a sport live yeah 100 but i will but I will absolutely watch sports on TV. Hasn't yeah.
0: <laughs> I would say that baseball. I love baseball. Baseball mm-hmm. is meant to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. should listen to it. You shouldn't watch it on TV, or you should see it in person. Yeah, yeah.
3: it's it's strange how much fun it is to listen to, because it's that's not usually the go-to thing. Right. Not just for sports, but in general, you know, people want to watch things nowadays. That's why movies and video games are popular, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But But listening to baseball is so much fun because the – the people talking, yeah.
2: The announcers, or... talking yeah. they, can't,
3: they can't just stop and let the dead space. They have happen. to
2: describe
0: everything that's going on, uh-huh. and because of that, it seems like the action never stops.
3: Right. Yeah. Just thinking about like tra- somebody's trying to steal a base. Mm-hmm. We we can't see that, but it happens right. out of nowhere, and yeah. it's all of a sudden really exciting. And... Baseball.
0: Yeah. Baseball is one of those sports where nothing seems to happen, and then everything happens all at once. Yeah. Because most of the things that are happening <laughs> are pretty nuanced, you know. Yeah it's pretty and it does go long.
3: But I will say this, if I were at a baseball game and I paid money for a ticket to see this baseball game, I'd be like, let's go <laughs> for ages because yeah. you get the best bang for the buck. Yeah. Like do I would I want each inning to be exciting? Absolutely. But <laughs> I think it would still be fun yeah. to to be at a late game especially it, if you went with people it you know. is
0: fun it's I mean I went to one with my dad years ago and it went to 12 innings oh man wow. and I actually had my high school orientation the next day so <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so we were out very late but it was really it it was awesome it was cool yeah. that it went long I was happy I hoped for a long game because I'd actually never had a chance to go to one mm-hmm. so I was really excited yeah
2: Despite all this, baseball seems to thrive in the American imagination. It's a game tied up in history, realism, romance, and myth. According to Ron Fimright, in a 1984 Sports Illustrated article, there wasn't a baseball film yet to capture this strange combination. Since the natural pulled from real life stories and mythology, many hoped that it would be the film to truly represent baseball in all its glory. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's hard for us to imagine because if you think about it, every couple of years, Disney p- pops out a new baseball movie. Yeah. A movie, yeah. you know, like The Rookie or mm-hmm. <laughs> something about... Airbud. Air Bud. Yes. <laughs> is there
3: an Air Bud about my baseball? Yeah, yeah there probably. is. probably.
0: <sighs> Air Bud in the outfield or something.
3: Like... Oh, yeah, that's it. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: no, I don't know what it I is. I I'm pretty sure there is an Air Bud. So the first bo- baseball movie was actually... In 1898 Thomas Edison produced, wow. and it was called The Game. It's a short, silent film that lasts about 28 seconds and was filmed behind the home plate, showing an ongoing game between two teams from Newark, New York. In it, the pitcher had just let a player walk to first base. He gets ready to head to second as the next batter hits the first ball thrown to him for a double play. The first baseman just misses getting him out, and a man in the coaching area yells. The umpire runs to make a decision, and a young boy runs behind the catcher towards the sands, where a commotion about the play has begun.
0: It was a double. He hit a double.
2: It was a double. Uh... Yeah. A double
0: play is when you get two people out at the same time.
3: Aha. Uh-huh. So it was so, see, good for I the I still got idea. it wrong. <laughs> I still got it wrong.
2: For you, a double you, not a double play, guys.
3: You blew it. No.
2: See, <laughs> I mean, it see, really shows But see
3: that's the thing. We talk we were just talking about how a lot of the terminology and stuff in baseball is very nuanced, and if you don't really know what's going on, it's you know, I mean, it's that goes for every sport. Every sport has its own rules and and, mm-hmm. and terminology. So if you don't really get it, it's gonna be Difficult to understand anything, but it's still fun to watch. Yes. Kind of like a fight in hockey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Baseball, it's more of like an atmospheric thing. It is. It really is. And it, it is more like a feeling. It's more of a tradition. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like hanging out <laughs> really, that's what yes. it is. it's it's like time stops when you yeah. go to a baseball game you're just hanging out no one's gonna be anywhere else mm-hmm. you have a
3: deliciously okay hot dog
1: that costs seven dollars
3: here's the thing those hot dogs you know objectively if you had it against like a different hot dog from like a restaurant or something mm-hmm. you'd be like okay this baseball stadium <laughs> hot dog is like meh yeah. But in the moment, it's so good, yeah. man. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll take
1: seven of these.
0: So the natural is actually based off of a book.
1: <gasps> Surprise! Surprise!
0: Yeah, like many, like many successful films, <laughs> it is not original. Yeah.
3: Damn you, Hollywood!
0: Ah. <laughs> the movie is based in the 1952 novel of the same name by Bernard Malamud. His daughter said that he felt like an outsider in America and loving baseball was his way of loving the country. If you're not an American listener, baseball is a very American thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though there's dispute about where it came from and that it might not have been invented in America, it is still something that (laughs) it's like apple pie and lemonade. The classic (laughs) American thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 For years, Malamud had difficulty getting published and found his first success with The Natural. The story follows Roy Hobbs, a young man with an incredible natural talent for baseball, and it's a perfect marriage of myth and realism. It draws from real-life stories and several legends to create a story that encapsulates American baseball, a sport of magic, wonder, tradition, and scandal.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, just to make it spicy. Right?
0: <laughs> when Roy is recruited as a young man to play for the Cubs, he shows off his talent by striking out a Babe Ruth esque player known as the Whammer. Did you guys, so in the movie, they have this exact scene in the movie. Yeah. Did you know that that was a Babe Ruth character that he? I
3: I thought it was based on somebody because it felt like it would be just a real
1: yeah baseball mm-hmm. player.
3: You know they—they they were implying that this guy had, was already playing in the major leagues. Everybody kind of knew who he was, mm-hmm. right? So I, my mind didn't immediately go to Babe Ruth, but you saying that it makes total sense right. looking back. Like, of course, because mm-hmm. he's like the heavy hitter.
0: Yeah, they right? got an actor that looks a lot like Babe Ruth.
3: Actually, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that see, I agree with.
0: Roy is an antihero chosen by the gods. So in the movie, it doesn't seem, it's not as mystical like that, you know? Yeah. You don't, there's no shot of Mount Olympus, and they're not, okay, no, this yeah. is, hmm, we've chosen him.
2: <laughs> I one, feel like I the think. most magical god-like is when the tree gets yes. split. And, oh yeah, the whole and thing now, was lightning. Yeah. And, yes, yeah. exactly.
0: Like a classic myth, he's been given a great gift, his ability, and also his bat which he he creates when a tree gets struck by lightning, and lightning is, like you said, it's a theme Mm -hmm. throughout the movie. He meets a mysterious woman on a train while he's on his way. He's been recruited by the Cubs, and he meets this woman, Mm -hmm. obviously a siren of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) She's leading him to danger. Yeah. She tempts him to be unfaithful to his love, Iris, who's played by Glenn Close, and she's back back in his hometown somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Later on, she lures him into a hotel room and shoots him. Were you surprised? I
3: was very surprised. <laughs> I had, I w- when she when he walked in and she was dressed in all black, I was like, "That's <laughs> odd, weird." And she shoots him, and I, I was like, "What
1: <laughs> the <laughs>
3: fuck is happening?" I, I couldn't believe. I was like, D- "Is like." He not the main character of this movie. Like, what are <laughs> like this? is
0: he going to die? It's kind of like the beginning of Sixth Sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: I was
3: like what the hell cuz I I already had an off feeling about this woman cuz she was mm-hmm. acting very strange, mm-hmm. but I thought she just didn't want to be messed with, right? But then she <laughs> ends up like seeing him, you know, seeing Roy strike this guy out and is like, "Oh no, I like this guy better." Mm-hmm. But it was still just so weird yeah and and then she shoots him i can't believe it
2: (laughs) what did you think i definitely knew something was very bad about her because on the train the lights were flickering when she was there and i was like "Ooh, that is bad news she's causing this disturbance (laughs) this off-putting thing and then when they when she shot him i was like oh that makes sense (laughs) yeah there it is there it is wow i did not catch that yeah
0: (laughs) Roy Hobbs' tragic flaw was that all he wanted was to be the best that there ever was. In mythology, if you believed you yourself were better than your gifts, you were often punished. Roy voices that he wants to be the greatest. He therefore gets shot by the woman in black. (sighs) Yes. The idea that Roy wants to be the greatest also comes from real life. Baseball player Ted Williams said something similar, that all he cared about was being the best hitter anyone had ever seen.
3: Oh, I I get it. I yeah. mean, from the young, from how young he was, just growing up, you know, eating, sleeping, breathing the game of baseball. Like, I mean, that's that's the goal, right? Right. And every right. time he brings that up, everyone else is like, "There's nothing else." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't. That's all you want. You want to be uh-huh. the greatest.
3: Yeah. yeah. So it, it 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 felt weird. So it makes kind of sense that it's like kind of the catalyst that causes these problems
0: this story isn't fiction in itself it's based off the story of eddie waitkiss a baseball player who was called into a hotel room by a strange woman in 1949 the woman ruth burns shot waitkiss he recovered to become the comeback player of the year in (laughs) 1950 take that woman (laughs) (laughs) wow that's When Roy returns to baseball after 16 years, so this is more like a myth. He's in exile for 16 years (laughs) after being punished. His quest is similar to that of the Arthurian legend of Percival. He joins the New York Knights. Get it, guys? Percival was one of the knights of the round table. (laughs) He joins the New York Knights, a team stuck in a literal drought as well as a figurative one. He shows up. It's not raining. It's dry. <laughs> They're even, losing yeah. every game.
3: Even the water fountain is broken.
0: <laughs> I love
3: that moment where he goes over. It's like, I, you know, I should have been a farmer. He's just so upset about everything. Yeah. He takes a sip and then <sighs> God, I can't even get a drink. Like, you know, it's 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 great.
0: Percival was meant to heal the Fisher King with the Holy Grail. And the coach of the New York Knights is no other than Pop Fisher. <laughs>
2: mm. oh. Yes,
0: we're starting to see the connections here, yes, right? Yeah. Connections. Roy's bat, the Wonder Boy, is meant to signify Excalibur. The term Wonder Boy has been used a lot in the past to describe someone with lots of unexplained talent. Do you guys remember how in Hercules they called him Wonder Boy?
3: Yeah, oh, Meg was yeah. like, oh, hey, Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah. It's not probably not an accident.
3: No, I no, wouldn't no. think
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. The Bat Wonder Boy was also based on Black Betsy, which was Shoeless Joe Jackson's bat in real life. So we've got <laughs> all of these real life parallels and all of these mythical parallels at the exact same time for even for the same things. And it is it this is one of the first times that in literature there has been so many parallels between <laughs> baseball and mythology. Yeah. And so and it, it really does speak to how baseball is kind of like a magical sport. Hobbs' ultimate flaw at the end of the story is that he doesn't learn from his mistakes and therefore has suffered in vain. The story ends with Hobbs agreeing to throw the game to get a payoff from the judge.
3: What a punk. Yeah. Mm.
0: He strikes Ugh. out and is met by a young boy who calls out to him, begging Roy to tell him that it isn't true, and that he didn't throw the game on purpose. Mm. So this is what happens in the book, and this is how the book ends, mm-hmm. which, when we talk about the movie in a second, it'll be quite obvious <laughs> that that is not how the movie ends. Right. Yes.
1: Spoilers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> The $10,000 in the story, the, the judge offers Roy $10,000 initially to throw the game. I think he increases it over time. And this is actually a direct reference to how much money was offered to Shoeless Joe back in 1919 during the Black Sox scandal. And Shoeless Joe was a widely beloved baseball player. And it was hard for fans to come to terms with the fact that Shoeless Joe threw the game. And one young boy reportedly cried out, Say it ain't so, Joe. We talked about this a little bit last year in Field of Dreams. So the 1919 Black Sox scandal, for anybody that is unfamiliar, that is when the Reds played the White Sox in the World Series and eight of the nine starting players for the White Sox were accused of being paid off and throwing the game. There is some serious debate about whether or not Shoeless Joe actually did throw the game. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that because anybody who loves baseball will hear me say, like, well, he threw the game and nobody wanted to accept it. Well, okay. <laughs> we don't actually know if he did or not. Mm-hmm. And and that's also that's one of the huge plot points of Field of Dreams. Yeah. And so, but that ending of the book is so similar to real life. Yeah. You know, this kid crying out to him, You're my hero. Mm-hmm. Please tell me this didn't please tell me this didn't happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know Roy in the book has to say, you know, yeah, you know I mean he ha- has to admit to himself. And in the film, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, <laughs> Glenn Close's character has this great line where you know when she comes up to Roy and she says, you know I believe we have two lives. The one we learn from and the one we live yes. after with afterward. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty much the lesson of the book.
1: <laughs>
0: but in the movie, it's not learned the same way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So it's pretty clear that Malamud paid close attention to baseball history, and he was able to weave together a lot of truths to create the tragic hero Roy Hobbs, an amalgamation of real and mythical men.
3: He's a demigod among us.
2: He is. (laughs) So now we'll talk a little bit about the making of the movie. Phil Dusenberry was the first person to try to write the natural screenplay. He visited Malamud and spoke about writing a screenplay for his book. Malamud told him he would not go to see the movie or read the screenplay. Could you imagine? What?
3: (sighs) That is a bummer. I was going to say if it was like... Back when it was taking place, <laughs> maybe they would be like, ah, no, we're we're Hollywood. We know what we're doing. We don't need your book writing. Uh, <laughs> but,
0: that is that is how they used to speak in I Hollywood. Mean, I'm sure that's how they do it now.
3: Yeah, we're Hollywood, see? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know. I mean, to each their own, I guess, but I would mm-hmm. definitely want to be involved or at least see it yeah. so that I can hate on it. (laughs) on my twitter later
2: (laughs) malamud's daughter said that her father understood that hollywood would change the story that books never really make it to screen the same way they are written and he was mostly fine with that so he reconciled it after six months roger town joined the team and eventually rewrote the script he was the younger brothers of robert town who wrote chinatown Rogertown contacted Amy Grossman, whose agency had just landed a big client looking for a new role. That client was Robert Redford, one of the biggest names of his time, a classic movie star in a post-classic era. Grossman passed the script to him, and luckily, he was on board.
1: Right on.
2: Redford had wanted to do a baseball movie for a while, and he was excited about the project. The issue, however, was that studios weren't very interested in the idea. Mm. As we talked about before, baseball movies were like the kiss of death. They didn't make a lot of money, and audiences at that time just weren't excited to see them. (sighs) (laughs) They found a director in Barry Levinson who had just made his first film, Diner. He agreed to the job, though no one was shy about the fact that it was a risk for his career. He read the script and thought it was brave. Glenn Close felt he was good for the film because he had a sense of Americana, evident in Diner, that was necessary for a baseball film. He was a young director and his style worked for the seasoned actors because he would direct by asking questions.
3: Oh, that's cool. So I imagine with their great knowledge and experience, they were kind of able to back and forth it a little bit until it became the right thing
0: I'm, I'm certain that when you've been in the in, in the industry for a while and mm-hmm. a director asks you what you think you're pretty excited about it yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna tell him like well <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well oh. let me say this is what i think
2: <laughs> and at this time robert redford had been a director so it was neat oh, yeah. that he stepped back and was able to just be in nice. this film Instead of finding an existing studio to distribute the film, they signed on to be the very first film from TriStar Studios. Wow, really? Mm, that yeah. is cool. <laughs> this added pressure and urgency to the production, and the team felt the heat in terms of delivering a timely film that would make or break the new studio. Oof.
0: Yeah. So they started filming the movie in the summer of 1983. They looked, yeah, they looked all over the country for the perfect stadium to film in. And they settled in War Memorial Stadium in Buffalo, New York. Because it was untouched from the time period the film takes place.
3: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They brought in billboards and ads from the time period. The cast and crew also felt like they were walking back in time when they stepped onto the field. That
2: That would be be so cool.
0: A lot of research had to be done for the uniforms and the equipment, and the playing that we see in the film was actually happening. So it was somewhat dangerous without helmets and with old school gloves instead of the newer equipment from the 1980s that Redford and the cast was used to.
3: Yeah, I Mm. thought that was strange. I, I guess I'd never really seen and hold baseball glove like properly yeah and it had all the fingers and it's just like that's so strange looking that is weird <laughs> it, it, it just
0: it's feels it's so like a legitimate glove you could just yeah. grab stuff yeah. with it yeah
2: it's... i wonder how many fingers ever got broken in that. Oh, i feel man. like it would oh, be my. a lot easier to break fingers oh yeah probably yeah. sometimes
0: things work in practice much better than in theory and redford and levinson discovered this while filming one particular scene they didn't like the dialogue. Uh-oh. Mm. Yeah. So they asked Roger Town to write up new lines on the spot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're on the set with Robert Redford and the director of the film. And they look at you and they say, you know, the dialogue in this scene isn't working out for us. It's crap. <laughs> and uh, we need you to rewrite them right now. Yeah. This is sounds like the beginning uh, of a nightmare.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> It'd make a good movie be, all on its own. I'd yes. be sweating. <laughs> oh God.
0: Town did not have his notebook. <laughs> so someone threw him a roll of toilet paper. And he quickly jotted down lines for the scene. The pen bled through and it was hard to read. But it was all they had at the time. Town said Redford gave him a funny look when he handed it over. But they did the scene and it worked out well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Again. It, that's like not having your pants on test day.
3: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know we had homework.
0: Yeah. My <laughs> yep. face would Ugh. probably catch on fire. It would burn so oh, much. God. I would be so, so stressed out. Yeah. The scene of the last ball game was somewhat of a logistical nightmare. Oof. <laughs> to make sure the play of the game looked right, they had to piece together plays, and they had a lot of continuity issues. There was no sense of a scene happening because of the way it had to be shot. Like, everything was kind of pieced together. If you watch the scene, mm-hmm. you see they cut to Glenn close, they cut to the mm-hmm. the judge, they cut to you know, and and so they're cutting to all these different places, and at the same time, mm-hmm. the gameplay is still going on.
3: Right? Yeah. They. I mean, we just said that baseball can run a very long time, so uh-huh, they had yeah. to. Fit a whole game into a few minutes.
0: <laughs> the six thousand extras for the scene were getting antsy, and it was cold out, so they started to sneak out of the stadium. Oh no! <laughs> they started losing extras.
3: Oh. Dude, if I were, if I ever get to be an extra in a movie, there's no way I want, I want to want to. Leave early. You
0: imagine telling people, like, ah, yeah, I was one of the extras in that really iconic scene in The Natural, <laughs> yeah. where he breaks the lights, and but I snuck out, and I-
3: <laughs> it was too cold. <laughs> it was way too cold.
0: <laughs> be
3: like, you're a dumb dumb.
0: Yeah, people started booing. The crew said it felt like prison because everyone was held captive. At one point, they had to bribe people to stay with free beer. Oh,
3: my gosh. Yeah.
0: Honestly, a bad decision, I
2: think. That gonna <laughs> That's going to make it worse. That's true. Don't you bribe know, them with beer. Yeah, beer <laughs> yeah. would make them more belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, the problem is they probably had a lot more beer <laughs> yeah. than yeah. food. Oh, oh gosh. Man.
0: The lights in the final scene were a giant rig that took days to build. In the scene where the ball smashes the lights, there's a shot of the judge, played by Robert Prosky, with a reflection of the lights in his glasses. The first time the scene was shot, he forgot to put them on. He forgot to put on his glasses. And they had to shoot it again.
3: Oh, no. No. (laughs)
0: Robert Prosky. (laughs) There was a lot of downtime on the film with the players going through the scenes. So Levinson had to stand in as the announcer to have that constant sound of a ballpark when someone is always talking over the crowd. Mm -hmm.
2: So one of the most notable aspects of this movie, The Natural, is the beautiful cinematography.
0: I I think that this movie is strong in a lot of ways, but the cinematography is probably the strongest thing about it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Maybe tied with the music. I was just going to say
3: the music's way up there too.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. A young man named Caleb Deschanel was hired as the director of photography, chosen by Redford and Levinson for his understanding of light, natural light especially. Yeah. Yes. He
0: was I, we were watching the documentary about making the movie mm-hmm. and they were very they wanted to point out that he was very young when they chose him. He did not have a whole lot of filming experience but he made this really conscious choice to use ambient light.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it it's very hard to do on a project like this, but it makes a lot of sense for a young uh, DOP to do because uh, as a photographer, Marcy and I are photographers, yes. and I'll tell you one thing. Photographers learn natural light before they learn anything else Yeah, yeah. because that's all you have when you first start practicing right so it makes a lot of sense that he would go oh you know it looks really good as natural light but the cast and crew and the director all went okay and that's what they used <laughs> Sweet. which is i mean it's it's so great that they were embraced that
2: yeah. yeah most of the film was shot in magic hour or golden hour and he would drive the crew crazy <laughs> taking his time to get the shot when the light was fleeting. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's like mm. wait. Wait. The sun's not low enough yet. <laughs> wait. Okay.
2: It's probably really good then that they used actors that were, you know, so professional and mm-hmm. already knew what they were doing. Cause that makes yeah. it a little bit easier they know how to Great. how to get it in like one take or so yeah golden hour isn't just beautiful it's symbolic it exists for only a brief period and it is followed quickly by a long night just like roy's initial career oh i get yeah. it yeah there's a lot of Whoa.
0: symbolism in the in the cinematography in this movie that's awesome
2: The movie begins and ends in golden hour, signifying the magical moments of Roy's time as a child playing catch with his father and coming back to the time he has with his own son. Yeah.
3: So nice.
0: It's just this nice connection with each other. It's this nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It's childhood.
2: The imagery in the light brings home the full circle nature of the storytelling. For the final scene, the crew had to chase the light. They ran all over the hillside, making Redford throw the ball again and again until they got an image that was just right. There is a scene where Redford is leaving on a train. They had missed the train that day when filming, so they actually had to go to train town and have Redford stand on a stationary train. <laughs> the shot then tracks backward to make the train appear as if it is the train moving yes what and it is
0: cool that is
3: so smart
0: even i was watching the scene as they were explaining this Mm -hmm. and i was still falling for it while they were explaining like this is good (laughs) wow they did a perfect job with that also adam you want to visit train town i sure
3: do let me tell you that
2: Another notable moment that uses natural light is when Glenn Close returns as Iris and stands to show her support for Roy. So this scene you may remember she's wearing white mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she has this hat that it, the light is kind of shining through. Yeah, it's, a, it's, so kind, of, it's kind
3: of thin mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a top yeah. either.
2: No. Yes, so Costume actually designed this hat especially for her, for that light to go through. You'll notice that it doesn't have a top, and so when she's backlit, she appears like an angel, and this symbolism is meant to foil Kim Bassinger's character who causes Roy to lose games, uh-huh. while Iris reminds him of who he once was and gives him the push he needs to succeed. That's
3: yeah. awesome.
2: In order to use the light the way they needed, Chanel had extras walk in and out of the scene in order to light Glenn close at specific moments. They're so kind of like blocking and
3: yeah. letting it through. And defi- yeah. Oh, that's, that's this, crazy.
2: It's
0: a really smart way to control a light source that you cannot control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one can control the sun.
1: <laughs> right. And
0: uh, it's really smart that he thought of, you know, let's do it this way so that There will be moments where she's lit, moments when she isn't, and and it'll be very important. The audience are naturally human beings. We are going to look at the brightest thing in the frame, Mm -hmm. and uh, her being in white, the light shining through her hat, Mm -hmm. we are going to notice her more than anything else.
3: Yep, and it's funny how, at first, they do a couple shots of Roy looking back, like, he kind of feels her mm-hmm. presence, right? But mm-hmm. then it's just like a blurry kind of shot of the whole crowd, and with, yeah. and you know, I'm like trying to quickly find her before it cuts away. Like, well, oh, where is she? Maybe he's, mm-hmm. yeah. but he's like looking in the complete yeah. wrong place because then they cut back to her, and she's the most obvious <laughs> person that yeah. there ever could be. Like, there's no way he yeah. wouldn't notice her mm-hmm. if he was looking in the right place,
0: and she. Got a best actress or best supporting actress nomination oh, for nice. this movie, and she thinks she still says that it was because of the cinematography. Uh-huh. She just, she said, you know, she just thinks that if without it, she wouldn't have been wouldn't have felt the same. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So casting, Ellen Chenoweth actually casted this film.
0: It's Kristen Chenowith's older sister.
2: Is it really? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> There's no way. Levinson wanted it to be like a classic film with a cast full of big names. So she found some pretty big names. I'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Redford, for example. Right. That was pretty easy.
0: <laughs> I think that was that was the first name. On the... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who plays Roy Hobbs, of course? Then we have Kim Bassinger as Memo Paris. Oh, and that's she was a newcomer, but it she really suited her role.
3: She she did a good job of like it f- she felt at first kind of like I don't know how to describe it like not interested or like kind yeah. of like timid and uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
3: then I guess a s- switch by the end of it. I think she actually did like Roy mm-hmm, like a lot mm-hmm. because he she says like, "Oh, you're different from all the bunch of other guys I've been yeah. with, right?" Yeah. She's not waiting for True love, I think she says.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So She's like, let's run away together. Yeah, but I
3: think, yeah, by the end of it, she actually does want to do that, Mm -hmm. but also can't get away from the judge and the Mm. gambler guy.
0: Her character, uh, Memo, means Uh memory, Mm. which, you know, so she's supposed to be kind of a memory of what happened before. I see. And see Roy being unable to learn from his mistakes – you dummy. Falls into his, her trap just like he did before. You
3: need to t- you need to like tie him to a post, <laughs> <or something, laughs> like they did with Odysseus,
2: <laughs> which he was supposed to be learning his lesson from. Barbara Hershey's character, Harriet Bird.
0: Yeah, they said ah. they they were impressed by how well she was able to, she was able to play somebody that is kind of inviting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but yet there's something just off. Just the
3: littlest bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. See, now if I go back and watch this movie again, I'm gonna notice the flashing of the lights when she gets in and yep. I'm gonna be like, Oh god
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was all it was all right there.
2: <laughs> Glenn Close played Iris Gaines. Glenn Close was originally not available for her part, but she changed her mind when Robert Redford told her that he really wanted her. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Close was then fired from her first starring role and was free to play this part. Yep. Oh really? So yeah. she, yeah,
0: she was in her first starring role ever oh, and uh, oh, no. she didn't explain what happened to get fired. It wasn't because of this movie, mm-hmm. but she did. She got fired from her first starring role and she said Okay, I guess I can do that. I'll do that, this dumb uh, baseball movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also because they were trying to make it work anyway, because Robert Redford had come to her yeah. himself and said, I really want you to yeah. do this. And this when movie. he
2: does that, you say yes. <laughs> yes. Glenn Close's first scene was in the hospital, and she didn't have the right wig. She was so nervous to do a scene with Robert Redford that she had broken out on her face. She said she had a big, a big old pimple right on her forehead. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she said it was luckily hidden very well by the lighting and the hat she wore and the makeup.
3: Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's like being back in high school. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pretty much. Then we have Will... Wilford Brimley, who played Pop Fisher, and Richard Farnsworth, who played Red Blow. And they, they kind of like played themselves, they said. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> these guys are the sweetest, I, funniest
0: group, like couple <laughs> of guys.
3: I love them in this movie so <laughs> much. Yeah. I wanted to be friends with them. I wanted yes. to be on their baseball team. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love Richard Farnsworth so much. Mm-hmm. And not just because of Anna of Green Gables, but mm-hmm. that is a big reason why it I helps. love him. It yeah. is. They were just, you know, Glenn Close talked said that they were just really good friends with her, and you know, very sweet. And I guess for one of them, Wilford said had heard one of the ballplayers say something to Richard Farnsworth that was kind of not very nice, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he got jumped up and chased after the kid chased him down (laughs) (laughs) make him him apologize Yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah such good friends robert duvall played max mercy robert duvall had just won an oscar and was a major movie star no one else was thought of for his role yeah nice yep did a good
3: job. He was just annoying enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Skeezy, those <laughs> skeezy. those skeezy reporters. Oh, no, just get rid of them <laughs> oh, all. Oh, especially the photographers. <laughs> oh, they're such jerks. Yeah, I love that.
3: Oh. I love the moment where he's in the stadium when when Roy's just trying to get back from his yes. like, from being in the hospital. He's just hitting a couple balls, and he hits some right towards. <laughs> yes. Him. He drops his camera, and the flash goes off. So he sees. Oh, did you get that one? <laughs> and he gets <hits> another ball <laughs> out there, and was like,
2: "Get out of here." <laughs> uh. Robert Prosky played the judge Robert Prosky was a great character actor for the stage and that was how he was found for the role of the judge yeah. and then we have Darren McGavin he played Gus the bookie and that was actually the last major part of the cast to be cast and <laughs> Darren McGavin, who ultimately chose not to be billed in the film rather than have less billing than the other actors. So, um,
0: instead of getting less billing, so, he chose no billing at yeah, all.
2: That's pretty lame. <laughs> but whatever, I guess. Yeah. They said it actually drew more attention to him. When it came to the players, they first looked for actors that could play baseball first and act second. Uh huh.
1: Yeah.
0: They said sometimes you could fall in love with an actor and then find out that they're terrible Oh playing no. baseball. And they said, we, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah.
2: Redford is a natural athlete and was able to play the game without practice. Yeah. And he actually studied Ted Williams' stance and style of hitting, and his character even wears the number nine to honor Williams. Nice. He also bats left-handed just as Ted Williams did in real life. Oh,
3: Man, that's yeah. so odd. Just th- I can't hold <laughs> the baseball bat left-handed really? and feel comfortable. It's so strange, but it's it's really cool. And I actually kind of got a little kick out of him picking his number when he mm-hmm. when he goes to the knights and he's he says eleven, and the and the guy who gives out the uniforms is like, ah, eleven's an unlucky number. I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I just yeah. thought that was pretty. Lots funny. of
0: superstition in baseball. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. So one of the last major things about this movie that made it such a success was the score. Oh, boy. So Barry Levinson chose Randy Newman as the composer, which was a hard sell. He had not scored a lot of movies at that point, and Levinson knew that Newman was a good storyteller with his songs. Even Newman himself was intimidated by the film, and he had to be convinced to do it. Wow, really? They were so under the gun to finish the music that they had him compose while they were editing. Wow! wow. At the same time, Damn. Levinson talked about hearing the theme through the wall and how cool it was to witness the birth of something so iconic. So he would sit in there editing, and then he'd hear he'd hear this theme, a theme that, if listener, if you have not watched The Natural, you you might not know what theme we're talking about. Mm-hmm. However, you have heard this theme; <laughs> it is in every inspirational movie trailer from like the mid 90s to the early 2000s i think Mm -hmm. it's even in they use it in the angels in the outfield trailer for disney yeah yeah yeah.
3: Yeah. i recognized it immediately yeah it's so great iconic is definitely the word for it because Mm -hmm. you know having never seen this i didn't know how it was going to play out so the beginning when he had to strike out this guy
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i was
3: like oh no is it not going (laughs) to happen are we going to see like you know because I thought, I thought the, I didn't think he was gonna get shot, and like he was yeah. like the perfect mm-hmm. baseball player. I thought like, oh, he'll be like kind of okay, and then he'll just get better. And by the end of it, oh, he's a natural, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> right?
3: Got a, you know,
0: exactly.
2: It was but just it made, a happy
0: from start to finish. No, no t- with twists I, and turns. You know, I didn't
3: think he would start out <laughs> as the best, yeah, and then yeah. you know, so I thought that he, I thought for sure, he's like, oh, he's probably not gonna strike him out. It's probably he's probably gonna get yeah. a hit on. But then that music came on, and I was like, oh, just kidding. (laughs) There's no way he hits this ball right now. Yeah. And, and of course. There's
0: no way. It was perfect. The musical was atypical of Newman. A big, thundering, hearty score. He even wrote a lyric for the main theme, because that's what Randy Newman does.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We watched the thing where he sang the lyric... (laughs) It was
2: very funny. I don't even remember.
0: Oh, what a guy. He's a natural. Natural. I think it was something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Many believe that the film would not have been as successful without Newman's score. And Newman has said that the film was much easier to score because it was shot so beautifully. Nice. So when you listen to this music, you can see the natural light. Mm -hmm. This music is natural light in music form. That's, I mean, that's what it is. They complement each other absolutely just perfectly. Levinson went to see it opening weekend, which is a risky move to go Mm -hmm. to see your own (laughs) film. (laughs) And he found people demanding their money back.
1: (laughs) no yeah.
0: yeah so he thought uh, the movie was a dud <laughs> but it turned out that the reason that people were leaving that particular theater is that the, the film actually kept breaking uh, and there were technical problems with the film not that the film was so bad that they okay. demanded their money back okay, but you good. imagine how scared and, yeah. and like how much your heart would fall like <laughs> the movie did well but critics did not like it they attributed this to the fact that it was so different from the book Rob Eidelman says in the documentary of of how the film was made that this is not a critic's film. This is not a film for lovers of the original novel. But what this film is is a great audience film.
3: Yeah, I believe that. It's such a feel-good
2: movie. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Would the movie have been as successful with a sad ending?
2: Maybe critically.
0: You see, I think that it would have been, but just in a totally different way. Yeah,
2: for different reasons. It would have
0: been more like Eight Men Out. You guys mm. ever seen that movie? I no. haven't,
3: but I know. But the that, movie yeah. is
0: not happy. Right. <laughs> it's not, a happy, <sighs> not a happy movie. And so this movie is different. This movie stands as kind of a tradition mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And it shows kind of the baseball tradition, especially, you know, the beginning of the movie, he's playing catch with his dad. Yeah. End of the movie, he's playing catch with, spoiler, his son. Just this kind of passing down thing, the mythology of it, and all this bundled together makes it such a good baseball movie mm-hmm. for people who just love baseball for baseball mm-hmm. and not as much as a technical sport with yeah, you, yeah. you know what i mean because you can love it in so many different ways yeah,
3: it's it's all about the atmosphere that it brings with it you know it's 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 more than just a sport at that point mm-hmm. and speaking of the sun real quick i totally didn't see that coming.
0: That, no? that, wait, that he that he had a son or that, that her that, son was his son? That.
3: Okay. Because I, you know, they were hinting at it pretty heavily because yeah. mm-hmm. he found a baseball glove in her house and,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and she said she wasn't married, but then, you know, she's like, oh, his father lives in New York. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait.
1: <laughs> but
3: I was just like, hmm, coincidence. Okay, I'll leave it, you know, because the son wasn't there. They yeah. don't bring mm-hmm. it up again. And then later... Mm-hmm. She she just writes the she's writes that note and goes up to the guy. He's like, Oh, you know, give this to to, to Roy. He his son is here and I'm yeah. like what
0: Let him know his son is <laughs> here, like, yeah. his son is watching. She, it was such a
3: it was such a quick line. I was like, What the
0: flip? Yeah. <laughs>
3: and then and then Roy yeah. and I had the same reaction after he read the note. I was just <laughs> like <"What?"
0: laughs> <laughs> Roy and I, I love that. man, we just I experienced mean, it just like, <laughs> Yeah, I,
3: I, was, I was really surprised. But then yeah. thinking about it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that makes total sense. It,
0: it's a very subtle thing. There's a lot of very subtle things in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it, that, in particular, is a very old Hollywood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she isn't this overly emotional, like, I need you to come back to me. I yeah. missed you. Yeah. It, You know, she just shows up yeah. and he sees her. And he knows it's right and she knows it's right. And that's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Natural ushered in a new era of baseball films that likely would not have been made if not for this movie. Like Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Eight Men Out, etc. So, so many more. <laughs> the Love of the Game, I guess. Major yeah. League even, who yeah. knows. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All of these movies that people thought baseball movies just didn't make money.
3: So. Bad News Bears. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The Sandlot.
0: Yeah. Oh, just keep yes. going. There's so many of them. Frank DeFord, Sports Illustrated, he would write about sports movies in Sports Illustrated.
1: No.
0: <laughs> yeah. In his review of the film, he lauded the first 30 minutes. The first half hour of The Natural is simply beautiful, not only in the richness of the film and the texture of the story, but also in all the evokes of the pastoral Americana Diamond Diana of our fathers. He went on to say that he was disappointed in the film, and considered that maybe non-fans would enjoy the film. He thought, you know what? I just love baseball too much. Mm. And he said, it's just improbable that he would hit the ball this often. It, <laughs> it does not make sense. You know, this the scene. And, and especially when it comes to the final scene. Mm. When Roy, in the book, it's inc- it's incredibly pivotal. Because in the book, this is where he strikes out. But in the movie, this is where he hits, he hits a home run. And... In this scene where he hits the ball and it smashes into the light is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie, probably Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably the most iconic scene. It's beautiful. So pretty. And it's kind of complicated. And, you know... It especially the score really helps because without the score, it would just be a guy kind of just running around a <laughs> field with like sparks with sparks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's something i I've seen pictures of that scene and I can hear it because it's so, you know, it, it is, it's such a big deal. And mm-hmm. when I, you know, my dad watched this movie with me for the first time, it was, it's such a great moment to share with people. And that's a moment when, you know, the, everything kind of falls into place and it's, It's cool because it's the exact moment where the book and the movie just break apart and become two totally different things. Mm You know, this is, it's like we go from this realism, mythology thing until suddenly it's boom, it's a fairy tale. Yeah. And, and no, of course that didn't happen. And, and no, it probably never will. <laughs> and, you know, he's running around and the crowds going absolutely crazy. And most of it's because they're all drunk, because they've been getting free beer all night, because <laughs> there's 6,000 extras and it's really cold outside, you know, and <laughs> all of this crazy stuff. But the scene, it is not realistic. Mm hmm. But it is so fun to watch.
3: Yeah, it and, makes you feel so good.
0: Yeah, and I am a fan of baseball. And I, but that is a scene that makes you fall in love with the idea of baseball, mm-hmm. with the idea of the sport, and not so much just the sport itself. <laughs> so I, I have a lot of respect for Frank Deford, but you know, but he's wrong. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I. It was actually really funny because my dad, my dad has every issue of Sports Illustrated from the mid seventies till now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you know he told me to read that review of the movie and he hadn't read it in a long time And I texted him, and I said, Dad, Frank DeFord didn't like the movie. And he said, okay, yada, yada, to each their own, you know, and and several other cliches. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. he said, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Right, right.
3: And it'd be funny, because if he did, he'd be like, oh, yeah, Frank is always (laughs) great. He's always got the best reviews. He's he's the
2: greatest. (laughs) like, I'll never watch it again now. I mean, he was... Yeah. Frank he did no.
0: say he did say though that the scene in the beginning where he, he strikes out the whammer mm-hmm. is probably the best spe- scene in a sports movie he'd ever seen. Oh man. Wow. So he did he did have a lot of things that he loved about the movie. Yeah. He just felt let down by it. It just got gotcha. a little bit too
3: out of control for yeah. him.
0: You know, he didn't like that he hits the the skin off the ball, you oh, know. yeah. And, mm. and, the
3: first time he ever bats.
0: Yeah, he hits the skin off the ball and and yeah. So it really, it does make sense. And he said, you know, maybe i just love baseball too much. And so I, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, that's the thing is that, you know, sports, that's always, you love it, but it's an up and down. Mm-hmm. It's a give and take. Your favorite player is not always going to hit home runs.
3: Maybe it would have been a little bit more real for him or, or better if Roy didn't hit home runs every time
0: yeah i mean there was a he does have a slump in the movie because he's dating right, dating right. that girl that's
3: true but it seemed that whenever he did hit it was a home run
0: yeah because
3: because there's that point where he's like they're trying to catch up and he's like when he finally gets his mojo back or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's like oh four in a row every, like he's going up yeah. every time he's bad it's just yeah. been a home run after home run and it's like okay yeah because they, they they're they like all those news paper clippings that that flash up between games mm-hmm. right and there's one shot where he's like leaning way over the plate and it says roy will not be walked yeah he's like reaching
0: oh, for the so it was like an it. obvious ball yeah
3: but he still reaches and hits it and it's like yeah it's and, just impossible yeah, so, uh, yeah. anyway anyway a, the, the natural's natural still a good movie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> The Natural is a great movie, and I love it, and my dad showed it to me because I love baseball so much, and it reminds me of him. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I was introduced to it for the first time, and I love it. It's beautiful, and I will probably watch it many, many times over now.
3: Honestly, yeah, me too, because it was great. Like, to be honest, you know... Sports movies in general are, aren't usually my favorite. So I was going in with just like a head like going to watch this movie. It's probably going to be pretty good and we'll deal with it. But by the end of it, I was so invested.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I was so in that I, you know, the ending totally won me over. It's yeah. just like, oh, God, so, <laughs> what's going to happen? Because yeah. he was like. Oh, that's right. Because his injury was like acting up. He was bleeding. Yeah. He was yeah. bleeding. I was like, "Oh God, is this going to end with him hitting a home run and then dying?" dying. I. <laughs> oh man, yeah. it could have gone a million and one ways, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was so invested in. After watching it, I'm like, "Wow, that was awesome!"
0: Yeah, yeah. And I just think about him running around with all the all the sparks everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. how beautiful it is. And they
3: and he comes. They do this in real life baseball where. The winning run, like the rest of the team, will be waiting at yep. home, but at mm-hmm. home plate, and they did that. And he runs in, and then the sparks were falling. I thought, like, oh, they're like either in the foreground or the background, right? But then if you look, sparks are hitting those guys. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're right like, under the broken light. What yeah, are they doing? They're like on this their is head. Dangerous.
0: Yeah, and you see so the reflection cool. in the in, yeah. the in the glasses yes. of the judge watching from the box. Yes. So I'm,
2: beautiful.
3: And I'm glad that they didn't give them like any word like they didn't give them an epilogue like ha ha mm-hmm. i gotcha yeah
2: like mm-hmm. the
3: team's mine now well you know that would have been very satisfying but i think it was even more satisfying just seeing their jaws dropped through mm-hmm. the through the windows there and mm-hmm. just knowing yeah
0: and he's giving these these guys pop and and red mm-hmm. giving them this win you know yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. just making them so happy <laughs> yeah
3: because he, he like there's that scene where he's shaving and he says i'll just you know All the years I've been in this sport, you'd think they'd give me one. You'd think they'd give me a break one time. He's all he wants is to win the pennant. He's like, if we lose the World Series, I don't even care. I'll still be happy. One more thing that I wanted to point out that I really liked was way early in the movie where the Bat Boy kind of becomes friends with Roy.
1: Oh, yeah. You know,
3: and he's just this kid. He likes baseball a lot, so he gets to be the Bat Boy for this Mm -hmm. major league team. It's probably really fun. That would Mm -hmm, be great. mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, he wants to make a bat like the Wonder Boy and then he's like, Go get a piece of good piece of wood and we'll we'll make it together and they and they never come they never they bring never that show back. It. Yeah. They no. never bring it back until the end. It's like yeah. pick me a winner and it's the bat they made. I saw that it was like the name of it was like scrawled in with the yeah. like the burn mm-hmm. metal just like just like Wonderborn, I was like, oh, that's the bat they made together. Aww. He's going to hit it.
2: It's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it was so
3: great. It was so great. Yes. It was so wholesome.
2: Yes. So check out The Natural. And I think that's another case closed. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my God. Well, I did it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, Also, The Natural
2: is streaming on Amazon Prime. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So if so you got it, it,
3: now's your time.
2: So you can check us out at blackcasediaries.com and all of our stuff is there so just check us out there. You can find us there and yep, it's the, everywhere else, the but really place the to go. easiest yeah. portal that you can find our Instagram and Facebook right. and yes, Patreon and anything you could want to know about us and our blog.
3: I'm I'm sure most of the people listening right now are tech savvy enough, but just in case if you can't find the stuff at the very top Right corner of the website is where you can find the Instagram and Twitter Facebook links yeah. if you want to get to those.
0: Also, yeah. leave us a review, please. Yes. Please. Somebody. Please. Somebody.
3: Somebody. 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 Can anybody Ten. find
0: me? A five-star review. Me- <laughs> 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 All right.
2: Hey. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> bye